are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball. What up, welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, episode for Wednesday June the 3rd and dissecting some of the known and public Pistons general manager candidates today. This is your boy Matt Schiff, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Today's title sponsor is Blinkist. Check out the app that helps you roll through all those nonfiction books. Check it out, Blinkist.com slash NBA. Going to tell you about that. A little bit later on as well, today we're going to talk about how the Pistons are out there front and center on some of the Black Lives Matter protests. We're also going to talk about a little more in depth on some of the names being talked about for the general manager position with the Pistons, a little bit of a deep dive on the first wave. And then later we're going to talk to Cody Hart of the Pistons GT team. They are back in action tonight. He's going to tell us about his third season in the NBA 2K League, what he thinks about Detroit so far, and how he's got revenge on his mind for this week's match against the Cleveland team, the Cavs. So give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. But a uh, quick word about the protests that continue to go on throughout America. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, great to see, of course. And maybe there's some of you like me who are down with the cause. I'm certainly... Uh, supporting all the protesters and the cause, but you haven't maybe quite found your way to help uh, or your specific ways to help. Um, my process testing days are over, I think. And I also think that, you know, we just kind of got told to stay inside for two and a half months, sacrificing so that the old folks can live. Uh, but again, I know that the cause is important and I support everyone being out there. Agree with the cause. I'm just not going to do it myself. But um, I support, supported Colin Kaepernick, we talked about that on the show a little bit. I thought it was crazy how he was blackballed, what happened to him. And um, certainly uh, I'm someone who wants to vote the president out of office. And all of these Republicans who are kind of world-class hypocrites and cowards that need to get voted out. So very happy to see Steve King lose on Tuesday, by the way. But again, I support everyone's right to protest how they feel. But as kind of a near middle-aged white guy, I don't want to spend a lot of time preaching because it's not really my fight to be front and center on. Uh, you want the right voices to come forward about it. Um, and along those lines, what we are doing and what I am doing, are we're organizing some drives through the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'll be donating a chunk of my monthly wage to these uh, fundraisers that we come up with that we are actively coming up with right now. We will be asking for donations if you're looking for a way to contribute uh, we will be matching some of those donations as well. We are sifting through some of the causes. Um, so again, I will have an outlet for you and a drive for you. If you're like me and have been looking for a way to help, looking for someone to kind of connect you with ways to help some of the causes. And so along those lines, I wanted to pass along some things about the Pistons that they've been doing. You know, the Detroit teams kind of got raked a little bit on Tuesday because they were reportedly some of the last ones to offer up words on social media, which I think is a little crazy. 
it's like now we're kind of keeping score about how harsh their words are, how correct their words are on these social media protests. I think at some point we might be crossing a line of madness where we're keeping score on the boilerplate responses from corporations and businesses and sports teams. But, but here we are. Um, but uh, hats off to Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Pistons, doing the media rounds. He was on Zach Lowe, ESPN.com, which I believe is the number one basketball podcast out there. Um, again, one of the reasons why I've always been a Dwayne Casey guy He's the right guy for this city and this team. Whether that's long-term, we'll see. Obviously, his fate is in his own hands over these next couple years. I think he's did pretty good his first year and not so good his second year. So, uh, you know, through two years, like much of this organization uh, and this current regime, incomplete after two years. Um, I don't think his job's in any kind of jeopardy. And it's not. I mean, I know that he's being involved in the process of hiring the general manager, so... Um, all good for Dwayne Casey from this end, but um, brings a dignity to the job. Preaches the type of basketball that we want to see in Detroit with a twist of modernity, however you say that word, in, in new age offensive basketball as well. He's worked with Focus Hope and the off-the-court stuff, brought in kids around Christmas time that were underprivileged, uh, single-handedly been doing more than a lot of the players who I haven't really heard a ton from. I know Blake Griffin was uh, posted that he was part of the protest the other day. Um, and I also want to be clear that while, you know, while I haven't been out there with the protesters, I support the protesters, definitely support the movement, have donated some money. We'll donate some more money and we'll have deals, uh, some details on how you can help as well. But I wanted to read Dwayne Casey's statement in case you haven't had a chance to read it yet. Dwayne Casey through the Pistons says 54 years ago, I was an eight year old boy living in rural Kentucky. When the schools were desegregated, I walked into a white school where I was not wanted nor welcome. At that time, there was no, there were no cell phones to record my treatment, no cable news stations with 24-7 coverage, no social media record the reality of the situation or offer support nor condemnation. But I can remember exactly how I felt as an 8-year-old. I felt helpless. I felt as if I was neither seen nor heard nor understood. As I have watched the events unfold in the days following the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, a city where I coached and once called home, I see how many people continue to feel those same feelings. Helpless, frustrated, invisible, angry. I understand the outrage because it seems the list continues to grow. Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. The injustices continue to mount and nothing seems to be changing. 54 years later, my son is now 8 years old, and I look at the world he is growing up in and wonder how much has really changed. How often is he judged on sight? Is he growing up in a world where he is seen and heard and understood? Does he feel helpless? Will he be treated like George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery? What have we really done in the last 54 years to make his 8-year-old world better than mine was? We all have to be and do better. We have to change the way we see and hear each other. We have to work together to find solutions to make justice seem just. Black, white, and brown people have to work together and find new answers. The only way we can stop the systematic problems that people of color have faced all of our lives is through honesty and transparency. We have to understand why people are at their limit at this moment. It takes empathy in its truest form. It takes a culture shift. It takes action. Let's stop in the injustice now. Let's not allow another generation to continue to live in a world where they are treated as unequal. Now is the time for real change. End quote. 
wise words there from Coach Dwayne Casey, and hats off to him and the Pistons organization for doing their part to step up in big and small ways for the Black Lives Matter protests, which we support here on the Locked on Pistons podcast, and hope to continue to work towards ways to make this a better world for those who have been underprivileged, underserved by the system, and uh, under-elevated in, in a lot of different arenas here in the United States of America. So up next, we're going to get back to basketball here and talk a little bit about the GM candidates who are out there for the Pistons. A very, very disappointing list. We're going to talk about that here in a second, but I want to tell you more about the most useful app on my phone during this time. We're all looking for ways to be efficient. We're all looking for ways to stay home and do our part to help out in many different ways. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to on your own. I like Blinkist because I can go on their website and I've been finding more and more self-help type of books, betterment for myself, things that I can uh, just kind of quickly read, quickly listen to, whatever way uh, works best for you if you're someone who likes to walk around and listen to those audio tapes or if you like to just pull the tablet out and breeze through kind of a Cliff's Notes version of some of these helpful books. The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, Becoming by Michelle Obama. These are just two of the books out there that can help you out. You can plow through in short order with Blinkist. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your seven-day free trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Also, you know I got to tell you guys again about Built Bar. I just knocked out the coconut almond. I got up early to do the podcast for you guys. The first thing I did was go for the Built Bar. Then I went to the bathroom. Then I made the coffee. That tells you about my priorities and where they're at right now. Built Bars are tasty. I need mine to survive. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I've got more on the way. 16 amazing flavors. These are covered in 100% chocolate. So it's like the treat, even though it doesn't have the calories of a treat, but it's like if you're dieting, it helps out in all sorts of ways. Energy, fills you up, healthy, soft and easy to chew. The Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, just the flavor profile of the peanut butter brownie, which is as good as it sounds. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of carbs. So it gives you the protein that fills you up, makes you feel not so hungry, and it makes you satisfied. 170 calories, so it keeps that low. Sugar, just 3 grams, low there. 3 grams of net carbs, low there. You can do it on the keto diet, whatever diets you got. They, they want the low carbs. This gives it to you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And a little secret, after you order that first $10 off, they'll keep giving you discounts through the mail. So they'll get you hooked. And I'm telling you, it's a good thing to be hooked to here from Matt Shook of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Yes, sir! All right, a little bit later on, we're going to talk to Cody Hart, like a pro 2K on Twitter. He is a member of the Pistons GT team. But there's a little bit more uh, candidates out there for the general manager job of the Pistons. I wanted to get into them 
a little bit. This is information coming from a reporter named Stefan Stefan Bondi of New York Daily News. He is apparently one of the new people that's hooked in to the Pistons front office, and he had Malik Rose leaving first. So there is some validity to some of the information from the Pistons that he is passing along. He tweets late on Monday night, Pistons search for a GM expected to be extensive. Among those under consideration, per sources, he threw out three names, former Suns GM Ryan McDonough, former Hawks GM Wes Wilcox, and current Clippers assistant GM Mark Hughes. End quote. Uh, really disappointing list. And I, I almost get a feeling like they're floating bad names to make the one reasonable name on this list, Mark Hughes, get elevated. Let's start with Ryan McDonough, who Pistons fans should be very upset if he's the man uh, given the GM title for the Detroit Pistons. You've heard of Ryan McDonough because it's it's not good. He's, he's a, he would be a retread with a famous father, which I've had about enough of that kind of thing. Uh, through uh, through Bo- he came up through the Boston Celtics system, which again, as someone who covered the uh, Detroit Lions the last couple of years, I've had enough about that too. Uh, we should hire the best person for the job. But again, to me, and again, this is just my personal bias. I recognize that. Um, but I don't want someone from Boston. I know that these are the smart guys from the smart place. Uh, but this smells like Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. You come with the East Coast arrogance of being the smartest guys in the room. You carry that aura. I mean, you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, those guys, not only do they act like they're the smartest guys in the room, but they're apparently terrible at their jobs. So if you're rooting for the Lions, you not only get the same crap team you've had for 60 years, um, now they're even worse somehow. You've made the Lions worse, but now they also need, feel the need to lecture people and uh, treat people less than from the podium every single day. Um so I think the Boston Roots is a strike against them, especially in a, in a Detroit franchise that's been, you know, a, a very adversarial towards Boston over the 80s and the 90s. People like me uh, are don't like that franchise. So anyway, um, you go from Boston for a decade, and then they, he runs the show as a young, in his early 30s, gets the job to uh, run an NBA franchise in the Phoenix Suns because his dad is Will McDonough. One of the only franchises over the past decade that's been worse than the Pistons over the past several years. He came in at the end of the 12-13 season and was fired uh, before the 18-19 season began. He did draft Evan Booker. you got to give him credit for that. But other than that, he whiffed with high picks every other time. Badly came in and drafted Alex Len 5 right away. TJ Warren, mediocre at best. Tyler Ennis, bad first-round pick. Drafted Bogdan Bogdanovich but traded him before he played, so that's more negative than positive. Drafted Booker, give him credit for that. In the 19, in the 2016 draft, he drafted Dragon Bender at four and then traded up to get Marquise Chris at eight. You can't do any worse than that. Took Josh Jackson at number four the year after that in 2017, a very good draft. After he was picked, the Aaron Fox went five. Red flags all over Josh Jackson. From the very beginning, we've talked about that on this podcast. That's a pick I I would have not have made. Um, again, De'Aaron Fox, several players below that in that draft that were very good. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, Pistons fans, don't need to be told about that. You'd rather have Jonathan Isaac than Josh Jackson. Uh, John Collins, the list goes on and on and on about that draft. Um, and then in 2018, right before he was fired, took DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Just a disaster 
all the way around. Aiton's a pretty good player, and I know I sound like a little bit of a hypocrite as a, the Okongwu enthusiast in a draft where there's other guards to be taken, but I don't think that LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards and whoever else are in the category of Luka Doncic and Trey Young, and that is not uh, hindsight. That is not retrospect. We said that from during the preparation for that draft, if you listen to this podcast, we knew about that. That was a a mistake that you saw coming from a million miles away. Again, Ryan, um, Ryan McDonough is the son of the uh, legendary journalist, sports journalist Will McDonough in the Boston Globe and also on ESPN. He's the brother of Sean McDonough, the former uh, Monday Night Football uh, broadcaster, good football broadcaster, but good basketball broadcaster as well. And another brother of his is high up with the Arizona Cardinals organization, Terry McDonough, just the symbol of white privilege and uh, and legacy privilege, which, again, I think we've had just about enough of uh, in, in some of these ways. And, of course, from a white guy, of course, I understand how uh, – how how bad I sound coming off of saying those kind of things. But I could not be more opposed to his candidacy. He's only 39 years old, and now he's get, supposed to get the second go-round at a job that he probably didn't deserve in the first place. I'm out for that one. And I know uh, Robert Sarver and Phoenix are chaotic, and uh, it seems like a place that not a lot of people can succeed. But, man, go build up that resume in the basement of some team for a little bit before someone hands the keys to the car to you for another job here in this uh, time. And again, um, as we kind of talked about earlier this week, in these times, in this league, with the front office that has five or six white dudes at the top of it right now like the Pistons are, and I'm not criticizing the Pistons for that at that current spot, but they need to have the self-awareness of what where the world's at, where this league's at, and where this franchise is at, and give strong, strong consideration and points in favor of minority candidates for this position. Um, with the momentum, the inertia, you got the Mark Spears tweet out there. Uh, anyone like Ryan McDonough, who's coming from uh, a symbolic version of white privilege, um, he's coming in with a one strike against him. Another white guy on that list is Wes Wilcox, the former general manager of the Hawks, came from Cal State Fullerton, was with the Cleveland Cavaliers for 10 years, went to the Hawks in 2012, in a period where the Hawks had some racial turmoil within their organization, he was an assistant ma- general manager under Danny Ferry. Ferry was then fired in short order after some super racist remarks about Luol Dang. It came out later that Danny Ferry was on a conference call quoting something, like quoting some disgusting comments that were made by somebody else. So... Ferry ended up getting somewhat exonerated by that defense um, down the road, was still fired. The damage was still done. He was gone, um, ended up being like an interim GM in New Orleans for a little while. So, again, a guy who went to Duke just kind of bounces around, not really based on merit, but because of who he is, where he went to school, the, the color of his skin. That's Danny Ferry. That's not Wes Wilcox, by the way. But, anyway, Wes Wilcox – Elected to work as general manager uh, while Mike Budenholzer was coach and president of the team. So Ferry gets fired. Budenholzer gets elevated to president. Wilcox gets elevated to general manager. So it's kind of like the it becomes the Jeff Bauer, Stan Van Gundy arrangement of GM and coach. Um, Wes Wilcox, by the way, had his own racial spat in Atlanta. They were having one of those season hold season ticket holder discussions. 
Um, apparently, Wes Wilcox's wife is black, and he said he kind of used his wife and kids being argumentative, like making a joke, self-deprecating that I've got a, a lot of arguments at home because my wife is black and my, my kids are of mixed race. Um, so obviously a, a, a terrible joke, uh, even in those weird season ticket holder settings where they're kind of off the record. But then when you say something weird or stupid like that, it comes into the public sphere. Anyway, uh, on the job for him, handled the drafts in 15 and 16 with the Hawks. Again, with Budenholzer, so hard to know exactly um, what was his pick and what wasn't, those kind of things. But this is a playoff team for both seasons under his control. Um, second round exit one year, first round exit the next year. They lose Al Horford in free agency during this time. Uh, probably a good move to not sign him long-term, although he did have some success with Boston. You trade for Dwight Howard. That's a disaster. Um, and then uh, the team kind of widely resets after that, doesn't bring in or doesn't uh, lock up Millsap for a long-term extension. So kind of was that team in the middle, like the Pistons, again, but better than the Pistons the last few years, but then decided to kind of flip the switch and go to the beginning stages of a rebuild after that, which is the eternal question for teams like the Hawks and the Pistons who are kind of stuck in this, this wheel of mediocrity here. Um, drafts Kelly Oubre, but traded him on draft night in a three-teamer that netted the team Tim Hardaway Jr., which helped the team at the time. They became a playoff second-round team. It was in a win-now kind of mode, but then kind of shifted the gears late after that. Drafted DeAndre Bembry at 21, kind of a, a fine pick, not terrible, um, but again, was fired as they bring in the new regime with uh, Travis Schlenk with the uh, Golden State Warriors, who's now kind of running the show with the Hawks. Um, so, and, and, uh, Wes Wilcox was a candidate, was interviewed with the Bulls. So he's kind of on this treadmill of all these guys who are, uh, being considered for jobs. So Wes Wilcox is now an analyst with NBA TV. Uh, Ryan McDonough is now an analyst or like on serious radio. So this is the dance that the Pistons kind of have to consider. Do you want a guy who has a little bit of experience running a team, being in the, the big seat and then, um, being fired from those teams, do these guys deserve a second chance? You know, obviously you would help a guy, hope that a guy with his second time around would have better experience, would have some better things to draw upon. In my opinion, I don't know, being bad in your one job doesn't mean you should necessarily get a second job. Or do you go with a guy who's a little bit more green in Mark Hughes or some of the names also being talked about out there, Troy Weaver or the Oklahoma City Thunder? So not quite had that job in the first chair yet, but maybe had successful runs as the second chair. Mark Hughes, the third name, Muskegon native, played on the Michigan 89 championship team as well. He was also a finalist for the Bulls job, signed with the Pistons and the Raptors in the 1990s as a player, but did not ever play in an NBA game. Don't know the full story there. Maybe those were just training camp deals. He also had a run five or six years with the Grand Rapids Hoops of the CBA as a head coach there. Um, so if you guys were around the, the CBA teams, let me know if you have some thoughts on that. Was also an assistant with the Magic and the Kings after that. Scout with the Knicks, came up through the Knicks organization, moved over to the Clippers in 17. Uh, some of the big ticket moves that he's made in the front office with the Clippers in the few years that he's been there. He was uh, the, the Clippers had already traded Chris Paul to Houston before Mark Hughes was there, so no credit there for him finding Harrell or, or Lou Williams or anything like that. But a few months after he got there is when they traded Blake Griffin to the Pistons. 
So kind of a three-prong uh, uh, structure of how the Clippers got back to the top of the NBA after the Lopsity era. You trade CP3 and Blake and strip down the team. You trade Tobias and kind of the buildup of assets, and then you spend those assets for Paul George in the trade there. Um, maybe some credit for identifying Landry Shamit in that trade with Philly. Um, so good there, as it seems like Mark Hughes is kind of more of the NBA scouting as opposed to the college scouting. Although, yeah, so it's, it's just kind of hard to know in these front offices who to give the credit to. But obviously the Clippers are one of the more pristine organizations to be a part of these last few years. Learning under guys like Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers and Jerry West as well. So Mark Hughes, to me, serious candidate, deserves consideration, fulfills those minority boxes that I think are important these days to fill. So uh, more of a strong candidate to me, certainly than Ryan McDonough and more so than Wes Wilcox as well. But up next, we're going to talk to Cody Hart of the Pistons GT team. That's next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team every day. But hey, got to tell you guys a little bit about our new sponsor, rockauto.com. The convenient self-service is what you're going for from rockauto.com. Those chain stores have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com are the prices that the same for everybody and reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like the airlines do when they gouge you for tickets. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your ride. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, and now we're being joined by Cody Hart. That's like a pro on Twitter and also his Twitch gaming handle, member of the Pistons GT team. Cody, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Hey, glad to be here. For sure. So you are new to the Pistons GT team, and you've been around the league quite a bit through three years. Why don't you tell us about your journey? Yeah, journey. Yeah, definitely probably a journeyman. Um, you know, I, I was a part of the original 102 when the when the league first started, and I played for the Golden State Warriors. And season two, I got to play for the Cavaliers, and now season three, I'm, I'm over here in Detroit. So I've kind of kind of been able to explore the the country a little bit. <laughs> And you got into the games this past week for the first time, including the win against the Lakers as the uh, Pistons GT team gets their first win earlier this week and then fall to the Pacers on Friday. But uh, what was it like to, to get your debut under your belt for the Pistons GT team? Hey, it was, it was exciting. Um, you know, 
like I said, I've been on three different teams, so so I feel very fortunate to to still be in the league, still have these chances to participate in these big games and and, and provide valuable minutes for my team. And and it, even though we had a tough one versus the Pacers, uh, we were able to you know get our first win versus the Lakers, which was huge to get, to get us over that hump. But now we got to continue working, and we got to we got to build back up to 500 uh, record and try to try to go for these playoffs. And some some comebacks again in the games against the Lakers, right? Oh, amazing comebacks! Amazing comebacks! I believe uh, the first game we were down to the Lakers. Uh, I believe it was thirty-seven to twenty-one at halftime. Wow! So we definitely came back and and we ended up winning uh, winning that game by over seven or eight points, I, I believe. So we we definitely had a roaring comeback. What was the key of the big second half there? Defense, defense for sure, causing turnovers. Uh, Charger came up came up huge for us that game. He caused a lot of uh, full court steals, full court turnovers, and he, he ended up converting it into uh, it's a, into free dunks, and, and and that was definitely the big big reason for our comeback. Of course, the Pistons fans for the NBA team love to hear about that defense that's been the calling card of this franchise when things have been going well over the past thirty years. What's your impression as someone new to Detroit and new to the area, and, and what do you think about your time so far in Michigan? Hey, I know with everything going on, I haven't had a, a too much too much time to ex- to explore. Or, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic and stuff like that, and obviously we're putting in the work for this 2K league. But uh, I've been, I've enjoyed it so far. I've enjoyed it so far. I've, I'm definitely looking forward for the uh, restrictions to be kind of lifted, and it's, and 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 that way, hopefully, have an opportunity to go out and and explore some of the some of the better parts of Detroit. And what about uh, where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? Yeah, so I, I I grew up in uh in 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 Virginia, uh born in born in New Jersey, but I did grow up in uh in a kind of a, a country part of uh, Virginia, so not kind of a small town guy, but uh, yeah, so now coming into the big city is definitely definitely some changes. And uh, you got a little bit of a revenge game coming up on Wednesday as the team is back in action, seven o'clock Wednesday against the Cavs Legion GC. I'm sure you're giving the scouting report for some of your teammates, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They pretty much have almost the exact same team over there, except for one person. And uh, you know, I know those guys very well, and 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 they know they know me very well. So it'll, it'll be an interesting matchup, and it, there's definitely some extra added motivation there. And uh, I I think that'll be very fun, very very fun. And you guys are back to action after that on Thursday night. So back to back nights. Nine o'clock is that one against Grizz Gaming, and I believe you guys. On this past Friday, we're on ESPN two for the second time this season, right? Am I am I right about that? Yeah, yeah, we were on ESPN two. Yeah, what what was that like? I mean, do you when you when those games are on, are you hearing from more friends and, and family <laughs> back home and all that stuff? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You know, we never we never thought that this was going to happen, and and we're very fortunate. We're trying to make the most of it, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a crazy thing to think about. And, and like you said, so much going on in the world right now, but uh, it seems like with everyone kind of stuck at home. Uh, watching whatever's on TV, the, the the NBA 2K League is kind of in a unique position to pick up some of the casual fans and people that might be looking for some different kinds of entertainment, any kind of live sporting event, and you guys provide that something to bet on too, of course. Of what, course. What uh, do you think? You guys are kind of seizing that, and do you feel like there's a little bit of momentum here in year three? I feel like we are doing a good job of seizing that. I know there was a there was an altercation uh, the other night when Mama had seventy seven points and the other team started holding the ball, which which mm-hmm. you know a lot of people were very, very uh very angry that the the Bucks did that while on ESPN, you know while while trying to get some new eyes on the sport and everything like that. But for the most part, you know that's kind of the biggest downfall so far that I've seen. But for the most part, I be, I feel like everyone is definitely stepping up to the plate and and trying to do their best to to seize this moment. Where did you come down on that controversy? Was that against the Gen G team? Is that right? 
that was uh that was the Bucks versus the uh Port- the uh, Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Yeah, Ma- okay. Mama had seventy seven points. Uh, he finished with seventy seven points, and the, and the and the scoring record was eighty four. That was set by Authentic African in, in wow. uh, season one. So Mama, Mama, you know, he just signed that individual uh, deal with with, uh, with with three uh, whatever that company is, three point, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, and he could have set this, he could have set the record on ESPN, you know, <laughs> during this time. So it, it could have been huge for the league. Who knows? Maybe you would have got an interview from ESPN. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, that's that's somewhere where we definitely took a step back. That's good. It's good to get the 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 uh, the league into the cultural zeitgeist there, and to have everyone kind of talking about those kind of things. Uh, what else is, uh, is up with the team? I mean, you guys had the rough first week and like you mentioned, you were in action for the first time this past week. How do you think you guys are coming together right now at one and three as you look ahead? Yeah, I think we're still trying to kind of find, find ourselves, find our identity. Uh, we're, we're still kind of mixing up lineups here and there, you know, trying to find the best fit. Um, and we're not completely locked in yet. We don't even know what what we're gonna come in come into uh, next week running yet. So uh, we're we're definitely searching for some answers. But we're we're here every day, long hours, trying to put trying to put in the work, try to figure this thing out, and and try to come out strong this week, and then definitely turn the season around. Cody Hart is on Twitter at like a pro l y k a pro two k t. I'm sorry, two k. So Cody, thanks for taking the time to, to join us today, and uh, good luck to you this week. Hey, I appreciate it, boss. Great work. Again, big thanks to Cody Hart of the Pistons GT team for hanging out with us. Check those guys out on Twitch and also uh, wherever else you can see the Pistons GT team. They are 1-3 uh, and three right now and looking to continue the season strong in the NBA 2K League tonight. But that will do it for the Locked on Pistons podcast. I am your host, Matt Shook, reminding you to check out Blinkist.com, all the other sponsors we have. We're doing a great run of getting companies involved, and we'd like you to check them out and support them as well. Now, go ahead and tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. That'll do it for the Locked on Pistons podcast. Talk to you guys next week.